0: So we're in, a, we're in a series on the book of Psalms, which is sort of a, a shift for us a little bit. If you don't know much about the Psalms, the Psalms are like smack dab in the middle of the Bible. They're probably hard to miss. And if you've, you've been to things like funerals and things, they're often read, they're often read. And what they are is they're poetry, and there are also songs, which is where we get the word psalm, and so we're, we're kind of, we're jumping around a little bit. I know last week, if you were here, we were in 139, and this week I just dropped the three, squeezed them together, and we're going back to 19, uh, maybe because some of us wish we were still 19, or had the knees of a 19-year-old, <laughs> but um, the one, th- this week, I-, I think it's interesting, um, because I was, thinking, I was reflecting on Delaware. We've got some guests who were here visiting Delaware. Shout out! Woo! We, we love Delaware. I'm from here, but I, I moved all around and then landed back here because Delaware is like a black hole. It pulls you back in. Because, uh, some, some of you understand. Uh, anyway, one of the great things about living in Delaware is we're close to the beach. Like, I, like again, I know you guys got some nice beaches where you live too. But, but I love being by the beach. Who here loves the beach? Who here hates the beach? You're like, oh, sand. Okay. No, sorry. That's terrible, uh, but I, I, lo- I, lo- I love the beach. I love going to the ocean. There's something about it that when I go, uh, there, I just sit there, and sometimes I'll go down in the winter. It used to be in the winter, nobody was there, and you could go down and be alone. It's not that way anymore at the beaches here. There's people always there when I go, but I used to go down, and I just sit there, and you look at the vastness of the ocean, and you can really just sense God in that, there's something about nature, and there's, um, there's a song by a band called Ten Shekels Shirt, which I don't entirely understand their name. Ten shekels would be like, what, three bucks? Anyone know the shekel to U.S. dollar conversion? No. <laughs> but uh, it's a band, and it's called Ocean. Anyone know that one? Maybe you do. I won't sing it, but I'll read the lyrics. Something about the ocean makes me rise up in praise. Something about the heavens makes me stand in awe again. Something about the sunrise reminds me of your faithfulness something about the ocean, and I'm lost in love again. And for a lot of us, when we go out in nature, you you can see what God has done. It's like a painting that God has painted, and part of the purpose of that is just to enjoy it and its beauty, but it it also draws us, ultimately, to the Creator. And so today, as we look at Psalm 19, we'll, we'll see that nature should draw us to God. Now so I've been I've been reading it first, but I'm, I'm kind of you might be notice I'm switching and I'm, I'm going to go through the psalms. So I know some of you are waiting for that. We're just going to break down the verses as we go through this time. Psalm 19, starting in verse one, and you can follow along on the screens. You can also follow along on U Version. There's some bonus material in U Version event this week. If you follow on the Bible app, you can search for live events. You can figure that out. Uh, but first um, one. The heavens, uh, this is, and again, uh, Psalm 19 for the choir director, a psalm of David. So David wrote this one. Uh, We don't always know who wrote all the psalms, but a lot of them are David, uh, because I guess that's what he did. When you're king, you have time to sit around and write psalms. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But the, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Uh, And and, this is, you know, a lot of times in a psalm, there's something like a technical term. We ran a class a while back on psalms and how to read them and understand and some of the mechanisms in there. But there's this parallelism. So it's talking about, you know, the the skies. It's talking about the heavens. It's not that they're different, but the the point is that this creation is just, it's a painting by God that draws us to who he is. And we we see elements of who he is in it. And and if you've ever tried to read the Bible all the way through, any Like, I remember when I first started trying to read the Bible, it was complicated. I started in the middle. I don't know why. But then when I finally, like, sat down and started reading the Bible, like, in Genesis, you know, if you started, you may have only gotten through part of Genesis, or maybe you got through Genesis, then you hit um, Exodus, cool stories, then you hit Leviticus, and you're like oh no, I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I can't get through this, but so even if you start, or you in the beginning of the year, everyone has good intentions, I'm going to read the Bible this year, right, and then you sit down, and you read Genesis, and then the next year, you sit down, and you read Genesis, and you haven't gotten any further, so if you've only gotten to Genesis, you know, maybe you read, you've read these words, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and so there's, you know, the earth is something that God created, he made it, uh, and the author of this psalm, David, was a shepherd. Now, I haven't tended a lot of sheep, although I did go to the state fair this week. Uh, but, you know, you can go down. If you tend sheep, you're kind of outside. And, and you picture David kind of seeing sunrises. Some of you like sunrises. Some of you rather watch the sunset because you don't want to get up that early. Those of us who are morning people have already had plenty of espresso by, by 8 a.m. Uh, but, you know, there, there's all these cool things. You picture him, like, sitting out at night and just seeing the wonders of God. And the sky and all of nature teach us about God. Now, this is probably what Paul had in mind in Romans chapter 1 when he writes, They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Though through uh, (coughs) through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God and we call this concept in theology the idea of general revelation that it's something about creation even if you've never read the bible it it points us to god and many of us we started out our journey of faith it was just something there's this wonder of the universe it's created and and maybe it, it draws us to who he is and if you go around dover anyone go around dover i know we're in wyoming and for those of you who don't know, there's a big difference between Camden and Wyoming and we could talk to you about where the borders are and why. There will actually be a lecture here during Dover Days on the history of Wyoming, uh, not given by me, but I just found out they wanted to use our building. We love it because we love Dover Days. I'll tell you more about that in the announcements. But you know, if you go, if you, if you were to go around Dover right now, have you seen like those, they painted all the utility boxes? Like at first, I thought it was graffiti. I was like, oh man, those kids, you know, uh, get off my lawn. You know, <laughs> and, uh, but you go around and it's like, I uh, kind of all this cool stuff and everything. And if you went, went downtown and saw this, what would you think? You wouldn't think it spontaneously mold grew or something there and created these designs. You'd think somebody painted this, Some, so, somebody created it. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that's art because we see in that art that there must be a creator. Uh, there's a, I recently saw this and maybe some of you are familiar with it um, some of my one of my Pittsburgh friends posted this because there's a there's a, an artist named uh, Baron batch and he he kind of does these cool paintings and stuff but when he he creates paintings and then he like puts them in a public park and posts clues online and it's like a scavenger hunt and if you find his painting like you get to keep it and uh, one of my friends uh, one uh, one of my college uh, friends, uh, yeah, my, my roommate's wife, she posted the other day because a friend of hers was just like walking through the park, and suddenly there's just a painting there. Like they, they didn't follow the clues, they just suddenly saw this painting. Now, you wouldn't think this painting just like grew out of the ground, right? No, you'd think somebody created this. And that's, that's you, know, <laughs> you know, someone painted it. Nature ultimately points us to the creator. Uh, and when we look at nature, we can either. Um, ignore it and the creator we can just kind of go eh, don't care we can uh choose often we worship the created meaning the things that god has made for our good we, we can worship like we often take things like like money and we make it our god even though god made things for us to use <laughs> uh, uh not, not to be uh, worshipped but we can also be drawn to worship god um it, it, my, my personal experience is and, and some of you who know me better know I like science, like overly too much. I think the best example of of explaining the Trinity is the triple point of matter. If you're that kind of a geek, Give me a shout out for the one or two of you there. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I've always been drawn. I, I mean, I always liked history and stuff. And maybe that's my dad's influence. But, but you know, I, I, always, I always loved science and trying to understand things. And, and why is the sun, you know, a certain color? And why does this happen? And, why did, and, and I, was, I was really drawn to chemistry and physics in, in high school. And that was originally my, my plan. Uh, it was to pursue chemistry and physics. And so I, I, I got a degree in chemistry, which is really useful in the ministry for almost nothing, but, you know, maybe some cool object lessons once in a while, but, you know, I, I, I majored in chemistry, and it was interesting, because I, I had fun with it, because, but, because my, my my interest in, in faith, as I became a believer in college, you know, I would take all my electives, general, you have to take these general elective classes, and I, I would always take things that kind of had a religious bent to it or religious studies. And I ended up with a dual major in religious studies and non-Western foreign religions, if you're interested. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. <laughs> Talk to me about Chan Buddhism and its development. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but, yeah, but um, you know, I, I, I love that stuff. And I would go to like my um, my upper level uh, religious studies classes and they'd ask what my major is, you know, the in- introduction things class. I always be like, I'm a chemistry major. And they'd be like, what in the world are you doing in this class? And then when I was in a chemistry class, and we we're going, you know, we we're doing quantum mechanics and stuff, and people like you know, go, "What's your major?" I'm like, I'm actually a religious studies major. I'm uh, looking at the ideas of uh, relativity and faith, and they're like, "Why?" You know, I just I just love to be obnoxious, <laughs> because you know a lot of people, and you know, some of you are like, yeah, "Yeah, I know you like to be obnoxious," but a lot of people see this sort of a divide between faith in science. But, but they're not exclusive things. There's something that, that come together. Um, and, and, you know, whole, now, now there are a whole lot of scientists who don't have faith. And there's a whole lot of religious people who don't believe in science. But, but there's not the tension that we come to believe. Now, if you've watched Nacho Libre, uh Esquilito says you know uh, they're they're losing it's, I don't believe in God I believe in science <laughs> and so Nacho is all about God esculito is all about science but it, it's not that they're these two contradictory things now I know a lot of you follow the world of astrophysics and who's your favorite astrophysicist Probably Sarah Salviander, right? Uh, yeah, you had it? Oh, oh, you saw the link in, in the U version event. Uh, you know, she's like my favorite astrophysicist. Um, you know, she specializes in quasars and supermassive black holes. So, I mean, that alone, you're like, oh. Uh, anyway, uh, good follow on Twitter. Uh, and and the, the, th- the cool thing about her is, and, you, and you, I, I posted a link in the, the thing to her, her website and everything she does, she grew up atheist. Uh, and her, her parents you know originally christians left the faith uh decided we're going to raise our kids completely atheist they actually moved to canada where it's you know kind of didn't have as much interaction with evangelicals and things and she like sneered at christians in high school she thought it was the dumbest thing ever but god has a way you know i think if, if you've ever watched big bang theory you know think think sheldon you know, like, uh, no, no interest in this, no interest in this. You know, that, that's foolishness. And she grew up that way. But the funny thing is, if you, you, you can read her testimony, you can, kind of, you can find it on YouTube. I stumbled her on Twitter one time started so following it, It's really, you know, that through, through the study of science, and again, she's legit, she's got a PhD, she came to faith in Christ. Be, be, because science, you know, the, the skies, everything points to a creator um, so you can follow her, the website's in the U version event if you want to follow on the Bible app uh, or you ask me later. <laughs> Verse 4 says, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the earth. God God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete e- e- eager to run the race. That's appropriate for the Olympics. It's like this inc- excitement anticipation. The sun just bursts forth every day. You don't like stop it. It just comes out, right? Uh, if it ever stops, we're all kind of not in a good position anyway. But the sun rises at one of the heavens and follows the course of the other, and nothing can hide from its heat. And the psalmist uses imagery to really capture the beauty, the power, the excitement of nature the best we can in words. And creation ultimately points us to God. Uh, in, in all of God's creation of beauty, it's like breadcrumbs to him. It, it, it's this trail the, that points us to us. Now, my, my, I I love the mountains. Anyone love the mountains? I've got a couple of people who've talked you know, we don't have too many of them in in Dover. Like, I I did a wedding, um, which got some really cool stories from that, but um, I I can't share them because they have nothing to do with the message today, but, uh, which usually doesn't stop me, but today it will. I'm focused. (laughs) But the, um, you know, I, I was up in Brandywine area, which if you're not from Delaware, the northern part starts to sort of become hilly like Pennsylvania. And it was beautiful. I was like looking out. And there's like stone walls and rolling fields. And we had no idea where the wedding was. We found where the reception was going to be. And we had to hike around trying to find it. And I'm dressed up hiking. And I found a deer stand. But, I, you know, eventually someone found the actual location. Of the wedding. But it's beautiful. I love it. I, I love, you know, so we went hiking on the Appalachian Trail a few years ago with our, with our kids. Um, and, and, you know, there's something about being up in the mountains. It's just, It's beautiful. And when I was younger, I used to snowboard and stuff. And, uh, you know, and although you know, I was even when I was younger, I was the oldest dude snowboarding. I was like everyone's grandpa, but because it wasn't something they didn't. I don't think snowboarding was invented when I was a kid yet. Uh, that's how old I am. And, and so I'd go snowboarding just sitting out there and just like the beauty of the mountains. It, it draws you to worship. It, it draws you to God. Or, or again, you know, some of you are sunrise people like Port Mahon. When we do the Easter service, like Easter sunrise service, man, I'll be honest, I don't like to get up at 4 a.m. all the time. I get phone calls from people at 4 a.m. trying to find it, though. But, you know, you get up at 4 a.m., and you have to be out of the house. You have to make your own coffee because no one's open to get coffee. And you you get out there, and it's, but it's beautiful. Like, there's some sunrises out there that you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, if you live on the west coast, I guess you have to go out for the sunset, because, you know, it's on the opposite coast, uh, got a funny story with that, <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, maybe the sunset, you know, like the sun sets over the lake we live on, and oh my gosh, sometimes it's just gorgeous, you're like, this is, this is incredible, and you get it, it points to that creator, or we've got a giant sycamore tree out there, anyone see that tree? That thing is massive. If, if it ever goes down, we're in trouble. I'm going to have firewood for years and years. So, you know, Kelly and I will go cut some. But, you know, and I, and I think my, some of you, if you're around for long, you, you hear me tell stories about hunting. Now, I do like eating what I hunt. Don't get me wrong. I like, I like the food. But, i really love being in nature right like there, there's something about nature I, I, there's days where i'm sitting there and i'm like i really kind of don't hope a deer comes along i just i'm just enjoying sitting here and watching creation and watching the sun go d- down and foxes are running around and there's you know some groundhog coming out of a hole and just the, the beauty of everything that is uh you know and you know even like our you know our bodies are these amazing things we talked about that last week that we're and wonderfully made and our parts are put together in a way like if I get cut Which is often because I do stupid things a lot, you know It, it stops bleeding it heals up. I can finally, you know, you know, my finger was bandaged for a long time that's a long story and I can tell you that one but <laughs> um, But you know, we have this thing and so in general we see this general revelation through nature but then the psalmist turns um, to what we're going to call special revelation uh second timothy 3 15 uh is, is says this it says you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood this is paul writing to, uh, to timothy and they have given you wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in christ jesus all scripture is inspired by god and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right god uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work the Bible is different than other books. I read a lot. I have a lot of books. You know, if you've been in my office, I've got a ridiculous number of books. I've even read some of them. Um, <laughs> but, but a lot of times, you know, uh, you, know, you know, we, we might get inspired by a meme, but it doesn't often change your life. But there's, there's something about the Bible, when you read it and study it and allow it to change your life, that, that, that it, it, kinda, it, it does things differently. And that's why we teach expositionally here. We teach through scriptures. Occasionally we'll do like, like a slightly uh, more, more topical series or message, but we preach through scripture because if we say we believe in scripture, we need to know what's in scripture. And most of us in Christianity treat it like the software agreement you get on your computer. Who here has clicked, okay, I accept the terms. Who here actually read the terms? No, you just click. And that's a lot of times how we treat the Bible, but the Bible is, is, is something that we just study and understand because it's life-changing, if, if we allow it to be. Uh, you know, now, if I were stranded on a desert island, you know, if I was like Tom Hanks and I had Wilson with me, you know, and, and if I got to choose a book, I would probably choose Luke over Leviticus. You know that, I like Luke. But but they're all inspired, right? They, they, they all have something to teach us, and we, and we study them. Um, so that's the, the, the preemptive material to get to verse 7. It says, The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. You know, <laughs> reviving the soul. You know, many times we feel spiritually dry, right? Like, it, it, it's possible to kind of, you know, you're going along spiritually, you're good, and then you, then you kind of feel down, dehydrated. Now, there is, I don't know if you noticed, it's slightly hot out right now. By slightly, I mean ridiculously hot most of the time, right? And, uh, you know, there's nothing like you come in from that heat and like a big tall glass of water, right? It revives you. You feel different. I, when I, I used to cut a lot of grass professionally, I would put a watermelon in the fridge the night before because when I got home, there is nothing like a watermelon. Oh, and we're like, we're near in watermelon season. You can get watermelons for three bucks now. Oh, my gosh. I sit there, and my dog loves watermelon. The two of us just sit there and eat, like, lots of watermelon. It's, I've never had a dog that liked watermelon until this one. He, he'll eat anything, though. It's kind of scary. But, you know, we sit there at night sometimes after a long, hot day and all kinds of stuff. You know, We rode the bikes yesterday and everything. We are exhausted. I'm sitting there chopping watermelon. One for me, one for Loki. One for me, one for Loki. <laughs> but, you know, there's something refreshing about it, and that's what you know. The Word of God is reviving and refreshing. And, and you know, <laughs> uh, Jesus, after fasting forty days and night, it says in Matthew chapter four, during the time the devil came and said to him, "If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread." And Jesus told him, "No." The Scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So he would be hungry. He would be thirsty. What really revives us is is this word. And it says, you know, we can make us making wise. And scripture, we find the way to salvation and eternal life. You can't really see that in a sunset, but scripture is different. We can look at it and, and, you know, we find true uh, contentment and joy even in the midst of trials. Um, And it makes us wise. Now, if you know me, I'm attentive to detail, but I'm also very forgetful. And I can't tell you, the guys who ride with us, you know, sometimes, you know, could probably testify to how many times I've locked my helmet in the office when we left. Got all the way out on the bike, ready to go, and I'm like, I'm not wearing a helmet. Now, if you've heard some of the stories of us riding, you know that even though it's wise to always have a helmet, it's especially wise for us, because we've had a few collisions and things. Uh, (laughs) But I'm often, so, you know, there's, you know, I, knowledge is the idea of knowing it's a good idea to wear a bike helmet wisdom is is putting it on and so the bible doesn't necessarily give you all the knowledge you might need in life it doesn't tell you how to fix your plumbing it, you know it doesn't explain to you uh, all these details of science but but it tells you this wise way to live and it ultimately it points us to salvation and we'll grow closer and know how to live in a way that pleases god verse 8 says the commandments of the lord are right bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Uh, You know, and and right, the the word here, it's kind of interesting, because I looked at a bunch of different translations of the Psalms. Uh, We we tend to land on New Living Translation because it's just easy to understand. It's a pretty good translation. Uh, But the Hebrew word really kind of has more the idea of the straight, the straight path. And and the idea is, you know, the, the shortest distance between two points is what? And sometimes you, 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 you plug in things to the GPS. They ever bring you like off the beaten path in some odd way or something? Sometimes that's because of accidents. It's amazing that they can reroute you now. I was talking to someone. There was an accident on the way to the wedding. I missed it. The guy kind of coming like a little bit after me. He was like, it started rerouting me through Wilmington. And I thought I was going to never make it. But it rerouted him to avoid the accident. But, you know, generally when you're trying to get from point A to point B, you want a straight path, right? Because that's that's the, the, the best way to go. And, and if you fly much, I remember before this I used to fly. I, used, I took school, uh, I, 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 took, I was in a program that wasn't here, so I had to fly a lot to go to class because I'm a school junkie. <laughs> and I remember I, I'd fly out, um, you know, and I'd be there for a week studying and everything. It was like, it was a lot of fun. But I didn't, I would just get the cheapest flight. But then I learned that if you look carefully, Sometimes I would, to go to like the middle of the country, I was going here, 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 back over here. I, w- I went to one time all the way like Denver and back to go to Missouri. It was like, what am I? But I, I didn't know. I was, I was you know, I, I wasn't that wise on some things. But, you know, the idea is it's the straight path. The, the best way to go, and, and that God is, is putting us on this straight path, the direct route is better. Uh, it, God's like a spiritual ch- uh, chiropractor, he'll snap you back into alignment, he'll get you straight um, I like that one, no one else did, okay uh, <laughs> verse 9 says reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever the laws of the Lord are true and, and there was, you know, verse 8 said clear, pure now Sunday, uh, last Sunday um, we, we went out, uh, Denise and I went somewhere and we were together and when we went to start the car nothing it was hot, we had stuff that was, you know, not going to be good to sit there for a long period of time, and it was like, oh no, and so we like just prayed, we're just like, Jesus, get it started, get us home, and um, it it got us started, got us home, and anyway, so this week, you know, I had to play mechanic, uh, because sometimes like electrical problems can be so expensive and everything, anyway, I was fortunate, it ended up being a real easy fix. I just cleaned off the corrosion on the battery terminals, and I, did, you know, undo some clean up a lot of corrosion developed. Once I cleaned it off, the car's been fine. It was just the corrosion; it was no longer pure, and we had to clear that off so that it would start, and it would run, and it's running fine. She hasn't broken down yet. (laughs) Um, I I drove it around first for a little while to make sure it wasn't going to break down, but, you know, purity helped it run the way it should, and and we're designed to to be uh, living in this pure way. It says, verse 10, they're more desirable than gold, even the finest jewelry. They're sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. Uh, Now, gold and honey, you know, money and good food. (laughs) You know, gold is sort of the standard of wealth. I was joking the other day, because I was like, yes. You know, people were talking about credit cards and everything. I was like, yeah. I just bring gold whenever I go to Royal Farms to get gas or blah blah. No, you don't do that. But it's really kind of the, the standard throughout most cultures. You know, go, maybe now it's Bitcoin. I don't know. Uh, but but you know, gold is like you know wealth, security. Uh, honey is really the sweetest thing they had then. They didn't have high fructose corn syrup, so you know, honey was the uh, the good stuff. Uh, and most of us can relate because we desire the things that money can buy. We enjoy food. I mean, buffets being shut down for COVID, man, Americans were not happy. I don't know if any other culture has the buffets like we do, although I did go to a buffet once in Ethiopia, so they did have um, a buffet, but I probably ate more than any of the Ethiopians. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, uh, you know, Alistair Begg, I heard him say once, uh, uh, more to be desired than, than honey or money. You know, and that's god's word should be something we desire more than gold more than more more than good food it, it, because it, it's good for us too verse 11 says um, they are a warning to your servant a great reward for those who obey them uh, you know matthew 7 24 we, we've gone a lot into this verse i'm gonna we'll be a little more topical today on it anyone who listens to you said anyone who listens to my teachers teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock and it makes the you know difference between building your house on a good foundation versus building your hand house on a shaky foundation uh you know and and, warning is when we live away contrary to the way god wants us to live there's repercussions in in this life into the next or or in the next and and conversely if we live the way god wants us to live uh it calls us to live there's a reward in, in this life or the next um john bunyan said the book Uh, this book, the Bible, will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. Because we often don't want to, we want to stay away from the book, because it's convicting, right? Because if you really read the Bible, you read it sometimes, and you're like, oh, that's not the way I think. Now, I have friends who go to the Bible, and they go, that's not the way I think, that's ridiculous, I can't follow God who says that. I'm like, well, you're not God, so I'm gonna go with you, Uh, not with you, I'm gonna go with God. (laughs) On that one, uh, and so that's kind of we turn from this kind of general revelation that we see in nature. We have special revelation that, that we get in the Bible, um, and then kind of there's this personal conviction that goes along with that, because when I read the Bible, you know I, I, I get convicted that you know maybe sometimes my heart isn't right where God wants it, right? I I can go in the wrong things. I can do the wrong things. Um, verse twelve says, um, "How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart?" Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Now, this is sort of a common theme in the Psalms. Psalm 139, which we read last week, uh, verses 1, 23, and 24. And I don't think I put them in the thing, but it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me among the path of everlasting life. So the, the problem with the psalmist is sort of the same problem with us is we may want to avoid evil... But there's often a little bit in us right and and sometimes we we start off on the right path or start off in the right direction we drift and last week i I talked about i love going to the beach and uh we usually go to dewey beach because my aunt lives there and i can park and walk over and um you know it it, you know usually you know we you put your stuff in a certain location on the beach and we all hide our wallet in our shoes like like everyone doesn't know that your wallet is hidden in your shoe i don't know why we all do that um That's why I hide mine somewhere different now. (laughs) But anyway, I don't have that much to steal anyway. But, you know, you kind of watch your stuff on the beach, and you have to be careful because you get swept either south or north. You know, it's very easy. And like, I remember as a kid looking up and going, I don't know anybody here. <laughs> you know, and just walking and my, my, you know, in those days we were more free range kids. They just kind of let you go a little more. But you know, I was safe. Lifeguards wouldn't let you drown. But you know, you get back to where you And that's, you know, we, we all drift like that. And you know, it's not that God moves away from us, but we often stray far from Him. You know, and, I, and if I feel far from Him, He didn't move, I did. You know, um, Wi-Fi is a funny thing because it's, you have to have Wi-Fi for everything now, right? Like, I mean, if your Wi-Fi goes down and you have kids, your kids are upset, like the Wi-Fi's off. You know, and it's funny because every once in a while, one of my kids will emerge from the the back of far reaches of the house, and they'll be like, the Wi-Fi's down. Are you guys having trouble with Wi-Fi? I can't game. My, my Xbox isn't connecting. <laughs> you know, all these things that happen. You know, some of you get it because you have kids. Some of you don't. Some of you are kids, so you get it. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> and our old router was really bad. and it would, it would cut off. But our new router, you know, if I go too far, like if I'm in the garage, I can watch the YouTube video of, of how to fix my car. Because that's usually how I'm learning. It's like YouTube and a wrench. I'll do it. <laughs> but, you know, I, you, you kind of, you need that Wi-Fi. But if you go too far, you lose the signal. And when the signal's weak, you don't, it's not that you have to, I mean, you can buy a new router, but you, know, it's, you really the problem is you're too far away. You just need to, to work to get back close to where the router is. And, and when we're feeling far from God, just move closer. And a lot of times that's through the, the beauty of seeing the world he's created and then, then what, we, what we read and understand of his law, his word. Um, you know, it says, cleanse me from these hidden faults. You know, this is a great prayer I think for all of us daily because the, the longer you're in faith the, the more you sort of get like I got this down right like you get like oh I'm good I, I know how to do this but but you know uh the, the thing is there's often things that we don't see but others do and that's why community is important that's why it's important to listen to your spouse because you know did he see stuff in me that I don't see in me She's got to be truthful with me. It hurts sometimes. <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, it was it was funny last night. We were grilling because we in the summer we grill a lot, like man cook outside with flame. You know, I, I, and it's it's it's, and I, I kind of I'm I'm cheap, so I'm like, well, I don't want to heat stuff in the house because that fights my air conditioner. Um, so I, I'll go outside. I'll grill. There's something about grilling, isn't there, dudes? Anyone? It's like there's a, there's something like charred animal flesh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> those of you who are vegetarians, we love you too, Um, but oh man, Um, but like I was grilling last night, and I must have like rubbed my cheek or something, my daughter's like, "Um, what is that, I'm like, what, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I had a big smudge on my face, I couldn't see it, right, but somebody else could, and then I had the choice when someone else sees it, am I going to clean it off or keep going, And, and often it's the word of God, the Bible, when I read it, I feel convicted of something, I can see the stuff in me, but then i have to choose am i going to clean it off or am i going to go about my life you know some of you you eat a sandwich you get mustard on there and you go around all day with the mustard no i'm not saying i didn't mean to tell you <laughs> no <laughs> uh, but you know <laughs> no uh, <laughs> but but anyway uh, you know you have to decide are you gonna deal with it and, and all of us have smudges and stuff in our life we just sometimes we need the word of god and sometimes we need other people to point them out to us it says this verse 13 keep your servant from deliberate sins don't let them control me then I will be free of guilt and innocent uh, of great sin, deliberate sins. Let's be honest. We we talk about a lot about the junk and the hidden stuff in us that we don't see, but a lot of us have stuff we do that we know is wrong, and we do it deliberately. I mean, do you really want to read this part of the psalm? Don't read that part if, if you don't mean it. But but we should. We we, we need to uh, keep away from. There there are, is deliberate stuff that's wrong. It's sin. And we need to keep away from it. It's just you know don't let them control me that, that the funny thing about sin, not funny ha ha, but funny <laughs> is often it's something that we think we can control. I've told you guys before, I would love to own a lion or like a bear because they're kind of cool, and like you see them as cubs and everything, and you're like, oh, that would be great to have a bear cub right like it's not really a thing. I mean, I guess we watched that tiger show. Some of you watched that that summer. I guess you can own a tiger. I didn't know. But the reason I don't own a lion or a tiger or a bear, oh my, is because, because what? They grow up and they'll kill you. And that's a lot of times, that's what sin is. We think it's cute and cuddly. We think we can get away with it. We think it's, But then it grows up and it often gets us. And we think we, you know, we have control, but we don't. Even people who are like professional lion tamers sometimes get mauled, right? Because you can't really tame it. And that's how sin is. Um, Verse 14 says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Um, You know, I kind of feel like scripture is like a reset. You know, we have to, to, to reset things. We have to, you know, if, if the router isn't working right, we reset it. If the phone is acting funny, we turn it on and off, right? Did anyone have that problem with their phone? Just, uh, and scripture is so much this reset. And with faith, we need to reflect, you know, there's this disparity between what is in my heart and what should be in my heart at times. Uh, and we need to reset. We need to be reset once in a while. You know, sometimes in the morning, you know, I, I need to read scripture and reset, on Sundays, we, we gather together, we reset. Uh, throughout the week, we have groups that get together, and they gather together and reset. Uh, you know, when we look out, uh, the psalm's kind of like directional, if you look at it, too. If you look at the whole psalm, it, it's like we look out to the expanse, we see God, and we see what he's doing. Then we look, you know, over to his word, uh, and, we can, uh, uh, and we see him. Uh, but then also, because of that, we look inward, in the third part of the psalm, and, and see our own junk and our stuff. And ultimately, we do those things, you know, we need, to, we need to look out and see that God has done. We need to, to, to look at his word and understand his grace and how we're supposed to live. And then we look into our hearts and see what needs to change and, and let him change it.